0: You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Rico, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey Denver, Chris Lopez here, and we have another deal analysis, but this one is unique. This was a off-market house hack here in Southwest Denver that had a main house, and then a ADU on the back of the property. So we're gonna go through with our agent, with our clients, and talk about how the deal came about and also the renovations they did and how they pivoted their strategy in the Denver market. So my co-host today is Stacy Rosansky. Stacy, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Chris. Glad, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm always excited to do these because uh, they're fun to talk about. And this one is a very unique story with like the deal and also it's kind of like, you know, unpacking how it all came about. Um, so ADUs, renovations, lots of fun stuff to talk about.
1: Who are our clients? Yeah, we have Gentry and Travis here today to talk about their their deal.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Thank you for glad having to us. have you guys here. Thanks for having us, Legit Studio. By the way, this is <laughs> awesome. Uh, I would add on to this story that it's definitely first time home buyer. So we have that thrown into the mix. Um, but yeah, we're happy to be here. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I was so- Going to say, listening to previous episodes before we engaged with you and starting our search, I think really hearing other people's stories emboldened us to just go for it. Um, so, hopefully, we can do that for others.
0: Perfect. That is the goal of it. All right. So, let's go to more background about before we get in the deal itself, kind of like, you know, who you guys are and what your goals are. Cause I think it was a little over a year ago, uh, we got connected by a mutual friend. Yep. Um, and then we started talking. So give us a background on where you guys want to go with real estate and kind of your current situation.
2: For sure. Yeah. So we've been happily married for five years. We're actually high school sweethearts. So kind of a cute backstory there. Um, We were lifelong renters in California, born and raised there, obviously a very expensive market, near impossible to buy in the Bay Area. So we really unlocked real estate as a path to that classic financial independence outcome. So we're looking to uh, start with their own property like we've done here and we'll talk about today and then over like the next 10 years maybe an ambitious goal eight years uh, we'd like to replace our expenses with uh, passive income from real estate
0: yeah and what how did you get bit by the real estate bug was it you won financial independence first and kind of realized hey real estate's a great way to do it or is it real estate first or do you even remember
3: <laughs> i would say a mix a combination yeah. um To shout out Calvin and Jenny, um, Zen Coast University, our friends um, and former colleagues of Travis's. They have built a real estate empire of their own and a coaching training program. We've kind of always followed along with them. um, And last year we joined um, and in moving, making our move from California to Colorado, mostly for lifestyle, but also financial opportunity for us, um, I think has opened us up to thinking, real estate as a path to financial freedom.
0: Cool. All right. So let's get into kind of like specifics of this deal hunt because we got the bigger picture, go out there, build a real estate portfolio, get a good amount of passive income, retire from the jobs. Um, so very good goals, very common goals. Kind of going back to the details now. And Stacey, I know, I think you started working them kind of end of last year. Yeah. Um, what was, do you, if you even recall, like what was like the first kind of like buy box, you guys started looking at kind of that whole journey as it went from like conceptual stuff to actually go out there and buy the first property.
1: Yeah, so we started um, really looking at multifamily. We were looking for duplex, triplex. Um, So that was their main focus for the first little while while we were looking. And I know it's hard to imagine now, but it was extremely hard market back then. (laughs) Um, So it was very competitive, um, not not a lot of inventory. So we were really kind of few and far between on our hunt.
0: So why'd you guys pivot away from multifamily?
2: So multifamily was our first thought because taking a step back, I think, you know, first time home buyer getting into a property, as we started to learn about real estate and hear other people's stories, this concept of house hacking in general seemed like a no-brainer for the first property. But you can take that pretty aggressively to be like, I'm going to buy a single family home and I'm going to rent out a bunch of different rooms to different strangers and share my kitchen. And like our life, we were very realistic with ourselves that that's not the lifestyle we wanted to live in our residence. Um, So multifamily seemed like a nice, you know, safe bet to go down. But then uh, For like the complete separation, complete privacy, exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, easy long term tenant. You know, low overhead, but some income coming in, and we'd still feel like we kind of had our own home and our own space, which was important to us.
0: And so you start looking at that. Then, what was the reason you pivot away from multifamily? Was it the numbers, or was it just like the quality of the properties, or all of the above?
3: Both. <laughs> um, to Stacey's point, the market at that point, at that time, there was just very low inventory, so. What we were seeing just felt like an aggressive loss of personal quality. Um, well,
0: uh, speak on that more.
3: Yeah. So we look, I'm thinking of a certain triplex that um, was in a good area, up and coming, kind of good bones and a perfectly nice place to live, but for a number of reasons was not going to work for us, um, for our life. But those numbers, you could really make them sing. Um At the same time, because it was a triplex, it was over a million in, Mm -hmm. um, or a million overall. And seeing that on the table just didn't feel right with loss of quality of what we were looking for, plus the numbers. I think had it been one or the other, we probably would have proceeded. I think that was the evening Stacy fielded like eight calls
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the course of an evening, Right. And the other thing is we weren't, you know, we weren't getting these at list price. So we were, you know, having Mm -hmm. to be competitive. We were having, you know, we, so we were offering and losing out on them and, you know, it, it wasn't feeling great because you weren't like a hundred percent sold on it anyway.
0: (laughs) So I want to kind of take a step back here because what, you know, what you guys went through is a completely normal, like journey of the investors. Hey, you start out, Hey, here's a plan. Hey, cool, we put the plan on paper. We're going to do this. Let's go out there and start walking properties, actually put some offers in. Yeah. Majority of time, you pivot, you adapt. And like the way you articulate is really well because you looked at like, you said, hey, for our lifestyle, here's what we need. Like that's a very overlooked thing for house hackers is yes. they just look at the numbers, yep. um, which is easy to do, but also hey, you have to live there for a year or two um, you you know, your choice for how miserable or unmiserable you want to be on that spectrum yep. or miserable to happy, I should say. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, being realistic with that, cause there's no right or wrong. I mean, I would say staying married is more important than having a 6% <laughs> cap rate property. Um, yep. and then also pivoting with, Hey, so if the property's like, Hey, this doesn't feel right, let's adapt. So I want to highlight that that is normal. And I think a very good part of the process because that shifts your strategy and you pivot to what makes sense for you. So multifamilies started looking less attractive. What'd you start focusing on then?
2: Yeah, well, first thing I'll shout out just in that investor's journey, like I think it's really exciting to start learning about real estate, all the possibilities, and you start even getting into the numbers, but you're, you're sitting at your desk at home, kind of armchair, you know, jockeying this, and you're like looking at all the possibilities. And I think the biggest step is, get out there and start walking the property, start doing something. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I think as soon as we linked up with you all and Stacy and we're just like, yeah, let's just go get some reps in. like, let's just look at what this feels like and, and, you know, get feedback from that, that made that decision easier. So uh, this one, this particular property, you wanna talk about kind of how we found this one and shift our strategy a little bit?
3: Yeah, so I think going back to that triplex, having those numbers down, was incredibly helpful. Um, maybe not at the time, but for everything after, because it was a good comparison of what else might work. So, really, from then on, we probably started looking at mostly duplexes and tried to look for those ADU opportunities. Which, um, right, they're just they're rare um, and they pop up infrequently. So, when Stacy called us and said, "Hey, there's something off market." I think that was the first off-market property we we walked. So we were incredibly excited
1: because I don't think we saw any other standalone ADUs. Mm -mm. Not at that point. But you know what comes with off-market? There's always a reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was the reason here?
1: Um, It was in a house in disrepair. So not something that we had discussed really or looked at before you know everything was probably maybe some cosmetic things um yep. but we so you know i knew that this fit their their buy box in terms of a separate space and, this and that so then we went to look at it <laughs> what yes, was rough. your first impression <laughs> <laughs> um i actually will give us all the three
3: of us credit i think we saw potential um in a pretty rough structure um we there was no there was no floors, just subfloor. There was, um, some smells,
2: some smells that (laughs) smell like someone had been chain smoking daily there for five years. And then something (laughs) had died in the HVAC system. And that was, and you just couldn't escape that.
3: So yeah, somehow I think we were able to be very realistic walking through like, and Stacey was a great help in that way. Like, Hey, this isn't going to work. This doesn't work. This is yeah, You know, just and obvious things we saw. Um, but through that, I think we ended up really liking the space um, and seeing, I think, how it could work, which for us was a huge jump. Because, again, the sacrifice we were willing to make with House Hack was, you know, it's not our forever home. It doesn't need to feel yep. yeah. like amazing and cozy. We just need to be able to live happily enough. Um, but I think what we saw instead was like, oh, wow. We could really love this.
2: Yeah. And I think uh going from the mindset of like, oh, pretty turnkey duplex, we'll slap some paint on the walls, make some cute, you know, pulls on the cabinets and add some value to this to let's take on something like like this place, like that was a, a big jump for us. But I think we also took that long-term perspective of where are we trying to go with real estate investing, and that was understanding that, you know, getting a core team, one of those pieces of a core team as a contractor and mm-hmm. learning how to do work and learning what work takes. And we're like, you know, we're, even if this isn't the perfect deal, we'll probably pay ourselves in a ton of experience, which has definitely been true.
0: Yeah. And that's a very good, I mean, attitude to take is like very, very uh, realistic, very big picture. And also like, you're going to go through learning phases and you pay yeah. some dues for that. Oh yeah. Um, but the nice thing in real estate, you can pay some dues and, you know, usually build wealth along the way. Yep. If you balance your risk and reward All right, so the property overview, it's in Southwest Denver, and it's a three bedroom, one bath, main house, and a detached ADU that's one bed, one bath, right?
2: It was technically two bed, one bath at the time. And okay. That, that goes into the- Air renovation. quotes? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like someone really wanted to up that bedroom count on yep. the listing at some point, but yeah.
0: So kind of classic Denver uh, four foot by five foot bedroom. That's yeah. uh, a
2: bedroom?
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You could fit beds in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you saw the property. It was rough, um, but you decided to move forward with it and put an offer in, right? Yes. That's right. So, what was the, uh, and with off market, a lot of times there's going to be very quick turnaround times. Was this a very like, hey, we got to get a decision in, I mean, this day, 24 hours? What was that window like, Stacy?
1: It wasn't as pressured. I mean, the, okay. the sellers are actually pretty flexible. Um, but what we did do a quick, I mean, we ended up doing it quickly, um, you know, like a three week closing kind of thing.
2: Yep. Yeah. And in between there, so we had, <laughs> you know, taking this leap of faith and gone under contract. And of course we went under contract before the formal inspection period. So you can see and you can smell probably what's wrong with this property, but you don't really know until you have a professional in there, right? And so as with, for anyone listening is doing an inspection report for the first time, I think that was a big thing. You know, It's gonna be marked up with every tiny piece of everything on the property, even if it's a new build or whatever. Every inspection report looks scary. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. There's a lot of stuff in that report. (laughs) Your pipes are
3: glued together Is something you should maybe, um, (laughs) that should frighten you, I think.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a known small leak under the toilet was actually an entirely rotted subfloor and joists, you know, things like that, that were kind of amplified. I think that scared us a little bit. And actually we decided to terminate upon inspection on the first offer.
3: Yeah, we... I mean, speaking now, we of course know we fast forward and things work out. But at the time for us, speaking of marriage, first-time home buyer, start of investment journey, we were like, whoa, 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 this is this is a lot. Um, Stacy was a great consultant in like, you know, looking for the gut check, and she's like, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I think you believed we could do it, but kind of heard where we were at. And at the time, we were not ready. So we did go back. We went back on the hunt.
2: Yes.
0: So we went back on the hunt. Did, what did you go look at other properties? Like, was it based like, yeah, we- oh, you dated around? Like
1: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, that was, I mean, almost a, a pretty comparable property had come on the market, like maybe a week later mm-hmm. that we went to look at. It was all fixed up and done. Yep. it was really nice. We offered on it. We offered a lot over asking, and we didn't get it. Yep. And so I think that's what sort of once we had that experience, they're like, "Huh."
0: Was it the bidding war, or just kind of seeing what that finished property was worth, or well, combo? Yeah, both. It,
2: yeah, <laughs> both. Like this is peak market froth that we're yep. dealing with here, and it was crazy. And we went back out to this property, and yeah, it was super cute. Kind of met all our criteria. They're asking. I forget what it was, maybe 530 or 630. Either way, we, added, we offered 105 grand over that. And we were like,
3: I think it was 107 because I felt very oh, yeah. strongly about strange numbers. So. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and we were like, that's a lot. Like, let's suck ourselves up. It's so cute. Like, it'll pay off in the long run. And we just kind of like dove into that offer and we lost that offer. And we lost that offer to an ca- all cash offer that beat our. Crazy offers, so it was like this sobering <laughs> moment of cold water on our face. Yeah. What are we doing out here? Like this, we're getting crazy And that deal we just walked on. Like, sure, it's work, but it's pretty damn good in this market. So we we went back to it.
0: Oh. and luckily it's still
1: available. Luckily, it was still available. They were actually like taking photos. They were going to put it on the market because they just weren't getting any traction. And even in the condition it was in, they thought, we "Might well, let's just put this on there." So I think within days, we were lucky because I think if it would have hit the market, it would have gone in a bidding war as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but we were able to just, I, I reached back out to that agent and secure it before they went live.
0: Cool. All right. So got back in our contract, got to the close.
1: And this time we were already past inspection. So we were <laughs> able to just, yes. you know, get, you know, get it closed really quickly.
3: <laughs> and we, we knew when we came back, we were like... We're for real. We promise. Yep. <laughs> like we're here to make this easy on you.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. And after that transaction, anything out of the normal, just pretty standard stuff.
1: Cool. Nope. Smooth sailing then. All well, right. We got, we, we did appraise over our um, offer price. So that was great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there we go. So then I know two things I want to talk about here is the, the renovations. And then also you guys setting up and running Airbnb. Obviously renovations came first. Did both, houses need to be renovated or was it one or the other kind of paint us a picture of like what had to be done where you live did you do it hire someone
3: sure so as in terms of what needed to be done both units needed flooring um i'll call it like extreme paint work because both units had um really horrible smells um smoke smells but other smells as well um so intense primer intense paint um our stove tops were cracked um our main house bathroom had to be completely redone um weird things like door jams like external door jams were messed up and had to be replaced refitted new doors some new windows um a lot of
1: like um not fun stuff like some Mm. siding work and then crawl space work and Mm. like plumbing major stuff that costs a lot but you don't get to see the you know the good the good side of it but it was like foundational to the structure
3: yeah the previous owners to or who knows at some point to make the back house work i think jerry-rigged um some major systems and for us, speaking of quality life, like that was not going to be acceptable for us to rent out in any capacity. We wanted to do we wanted to do those things right. Um,
2: They're like splicing electrical or...
3: Splicing and water yeah. and... An
2: indoor swamp cooler unit. So they had a <laughs> How does swamp that work? cooler. <laughs> There's a shed that's attached well, it didn't. to the back house. <laughs> yeah. the, a, a enclosed shed. Inside that shed, they had a swamp cooler plastered against the the wall of the unit itself, and they had a furnace right next to that against the wall, so both I've, of those were straight piping into this tiny you know six hundred and fifty yes. square I mean, foot house
3: which... it'll be a good transition because that closet, for instance, was so I ended up lightly general contracting for us. um we hired tradespeople for all major systems, but we had no no real kind of like Point person. Yeah, no point person. Um, so that was me. We were staying in South Denver renting. Um, so we, we and Stacy gave us great advice, like, hey, it's February, it's March. People aren't really working yet, like doing this type of work. So you better get on it because people are available, um, which was great. So my number one tip of advice, like the day you write an offer, start calling everyone and anyone you think you need. Um, because even like looking back, losing those few days is like really vital. Yep. Um,
2: and I, I might even add on like, right. Uh, you've got to write an offer and say what you're willing to pay for a property. And in that market, we didn't leave ourselves a lot of room to negotiate, you know, post inspection, but still, you know, you can kind of ballpark what things are going to cost based on an inspection report. But I think a learning was maybe we could have brought in, you know, if electrical was flagged as a concern maybe bring in an electrician during that cycle to get an exact estimate because mm-hmm. I think we did a decent job estimating what it would ultimately cost us. But of course we came in over that once we had a real pro, like, yeah, you thought that was the issue, but that's <laughs> dependent on these three other things you also need to fix.
0: So what was the original estimate and what was the total budget spent?
2: Uh, we estimated 50K for re- repairs, rehab, et cetera, okay. and we ended up spending 75.
1: Okay. Yeah. That
3: happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and we're happy with it actually. So yeah.
3: yeah, 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 And throughout that process, I think we were, if we had to make a choice, like to go lesser quality or cheaper, we would have. We really didn't. So like even down to finishes, it's all stuff we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the okay. the swamp cooler shed. I started getting really discouraged when we started um, the work phase because I just had all these guys coming in and like laughing because it was hilarious. (laughs) Like, And of course at that time, like, I don't know. I'm
2: you never want to hear, why
3: isn't this normal? A
2: 20 year industry professional say, I've never seen that before.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So right. Like me, I'm five foot one standing there, like, All these dudes coming through just like, this is ridiculous. How can you, like, can't believe you're dealing with this. And, you know, I'm just standing there with, like, tears welling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, Um, but magically, like, something I, one of the best things that happened there, right? The, there was a swamp cooler. There was the furnace. That's where the water was. There was electrical. It just so happened, I, like, quadruple booked a couple tradespeople and they all came at the same time and we're all working in the same space, sort of on different different systems. But hearing, because right, you first time we're doing this, I also don't really know it's fair. I don't know if people are trying to upsell me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessary. So having, I think I had like a plumber, an HVAC guy, an electrician, all at the same time. And I had talked to different people before and gotten quotes, so... Seeing the three trades at that moment interact with each other was like extreme learning because I was able to gather context as a whole versus just like this one very particular valve or this one switch that needs to be changed. Um, so I don't know like if that's common, but for me, moving forward, I will always try to kind of like think ahead and see what systems or what areas are working together because... <clears throat> It's a small space. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's siphoning things from the main house. And to have like a team of people work together, um, I think it it made for an elegant solution for um, the HVAC and plumbing back there.
0: Oh, yeah. And so did you end up moving things out of the shed or were you able to just kind of like... I don't, I don't
3: the world's largest <laughs> furnace and the indoor swamp cooler were removed. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, apparently, the furnace was sized for like a twenty five hundred square foot house. Oh, nice! So, <laughs> no idea why that was there.
3: Yeah, it was about to blow up. Um, so it was probably
2: like a five hundred square foot ADU or something. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So that that was my big learning as um, a little foreman was to try to try to bring powers together. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Cool.
0: All right. So how long did it take to do the renovations?
2: We went, I I think by all appearances, this is our first time doing all this, of course. I don't really have a bunch of frame of reference, but we got like massive work done and basically a six-week time frame, like actual start of work to completion of work. Wow. And a big piece of that, we had specialists for plumbing, specialists for like electrical, et cetera. But there were so many you know, little projects around the property too, like those door frames or the front gate was ajar and had to be replanted in the ground, like all these little things. And I think that's another learning is, you know, our realtor Stacy was fantastic because she connected us with, you know, uh, some folks who could do all of those things pretty much in a lump sum type of capacity.
0: Like and just the smaller smaller odds yeah, of those? yeah,
2: Yeah, like framing in a new door, but also painting that new door, also yeah. painting the unit. So- we really consolidated a lot of that, you know, lifting into one uh, contractor and they were fantastic and they got the work done really, really quick.
3: We, Great. I think we closed like second or third week in February and we moved in April 1st.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: So you moved into the main house on the front of the property and then the plan at the time still is still as to Airbnb, the back 80, right? Yep. yep. All right. So I know you did not want to do... Uh, Airbnb at first go around. So I'm assuming you pivoted for just better cash flow.
2: Yeah, that was actually what brought us back to the offer table on the property was we kind of had an epiphany of like, you know, this property works decently well as a long-term rental in the back, but then we realized we had never run short-term rental numbers on the property. What would that look like? So we looked at air DNA, we looked at occupancy rates in the area, average nightly rate, all of those things, pretty quick math to run. And the conservative forecast was almost two x the gross that we would get from a long term rental back there, and then we're like, "Wow, this is a really good deal if this pans out." Because one one
0: over there, eleven hundred bucks a month, twelve hundred bucks a month, like yeah. a long term rental. Yeah, for long term yeah. rental. Okay, okay, so you're probably Okay, yeah. so you're probably in the what two to three thousand dollars in gross revenue for Airbnb. Then is what you're estimating? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, cool. All right, so you know we're recording this October now. So what five months since you guys moved into there? What was the the operational setup, like of doing Airbnb, because that's it's a lot more labor intensive uh, and a lot more planning is required, and you know systems are key
2: for running Airbnb. So, kind of, what was your guys's plan, and how would you, you know, yeah. launch that business? For sure, yeah. So, I think um, the first big learning for the Airbnb setup was being thoughtful about your avatar, right? Who's the person you're really envisioning looking and finding this property on Airbnb and staying there. Why are they staying there? Why is there a differentiator for this unit versus any other? And for us, our neighborhood, it's not the prettiest. You're not going to walk down to the cute barista coffee shop and get your croissant and all of that. But we are eight minutes to downtown. We're eight minutes to Bronco Stadium. We're 15 minutes to Red Rocks. That's Roxanne. an awesome we're location. Two minutes to the freeway to go to the mountains. So we're like people coming to town for two to four days who are doing something very specific and they want a cheap, cute place to stay. And then- Gentry kind of had to break through with the whole branding of it that I think has done really well. Oh, tell me
0: about this.
3: (laughs) I was like, thank you. That's generous. Um, (laughs) 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 No, I mean, thinking of the avatar, we just decided, you know, it's a launch pad. So, you know, and we, we travel like that too. And it's like, you want a nice place to stay. I think there's a lot of people who prefer hotels and understandably. So we want to price competitively and give them something else. So Part of that was like taking down a wall in that unit and going from two, two tiny bedrooms to one, um, which also helped with the light, which helps with the feel. Um, so just making it a nice, easy place for people to stay and doing all of that intentionally, which as far as like furnishing and stuff goes, I think if you take a similar approach to house hacking, it's fairly easy. We had a lot of odds and ends, furniture you get stuff secondhand, new stuff's pretty cheap too. Um, and just set it up nice and be realistic in terms of, you know, why someone would come and stay and pay the price you're charging.
0: And so did you, or do you like brand this on Airbnb as a Denver adventure launch pad or is that, that's the theme of it? Yeah. Yeah. And like
3: not even too strongly, but people in the reviews reiterate that back like great launch pad
0: so, really yeah. yeah So that's phenomenal like that's and so this smart. is something yeah like and because i mean what people forget about you're doing an airbnb you are launching a business yep and you are having paying clients you have to market you have to advertise to get these people and you did exactly what you do uh, you know hey who's our avatar what are they coming here for and then you match like the perfect lingo on there yeah that's beautiful
1: yeah yeah nice. So what other systems do you guys have in place for the Airbnb? We talked a little bit before we started recording because you, you originally didn't want to do Airbnb because you wanted something really, you know... We wanted hands-off. Hands-off. And that's why long-term made sense. But it sounds yeah. like you've really developed this to be pretty hands-off.
2: Yeah, I think we there's, there's almost like the, I think they call it secret shopping, right? Where you like go through and you pretend to be like in marketing, right? You pretend <laughs> to be your shopper, your, your customer. And what does that experience like literally from point to point? And it was like, how do I know? Like for one, um, Google maps sends you to the front side of our main house property, which is a different street. Whereas <laughs> we have a parking spot in the back that's right at the guest house. You need to approach from the, the alleyway or you're going to traipse through our house area. So it was like, Okay, that's probably the first question that I'd be confused by as a guest. So, you know, in our guidance, we have a uh, you know top-down map from Google Maps with arrows on it showing where the house is, how things are situated, and how to approach. Um, and so, we've had pretty much no one make that mistake. And we kind of take that same approach through each step of checking in, all the way to checking out, and what is a guest going to be confused by? And then we put a lot of time into the. Uh, into the handbook. So we have a PDF version. That's very cute. And then we went back and forth and like edited the copywriting and the sections and all of that stuff. Um, and say so the other thing is automated check-in check-out messages have been really nice. And then the big one, we never even messed with trying to clean it ourselves. Uh, I think that's a great part of short-term rental. You can pass through that cleaning cost and have professionals do it and turn the unit. And uh, we've basically got them on a schedule. We share our calendar ahead of time. They pop in, make sure it's ready to go. And we just really have to do the laundry.
3: We could even automate further. As of now, um, you know, being live for four months, I don't even use um, like a pricing tool yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because I think I've, I've found delight in like following trends, understanding sort of like who's booking why and when and adjusting accordingly. And I mean- in the month of September, we had four vacant days. Wow. And, you know, I think looking at that and watching our booking cycle, understanding people book like four weeks out pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next step would be a pricing tool probably, but yeah, as Travis noted, it's just laundry and like, it's fun. I think we we care about it. Um, but thinking back to believing which still might be true that a long-term renter is more hands-off. I think we feel good about the control. Like, you know, we see the unit every week that feels good. We put in a lot of work there. We care that the quality of the unit stays good, um, especially long-term. So that's great to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, it's been easy, delightful and, and fun. And I think things that we are naturally good at.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one other lifestyle consideration of going the Airbnb route was we're expecting our first child, which is very exciting. Oh, congrats. Uh, Thank you. And our, both of our parents live out of state. So it's like, cool. Like we have a place we could just block off the calendar when they want to come and they're comfortable. We're comfortable and they can stay for like a week or two. So really going back to that, like, what are we looking for? What's our lifestyle? And then matching your investment to that.
3: Well, to be fair to us, we didn't know we were looking for it, but, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worked out.
2: <laughs> that, that will pay off tremendously.
0: Yes. Uh, having moms and dads or grandparents yeah. around is yes. huge. So good plan in there. So, um... Do both you kind of partner on the Airbnb outreach, or do you have kind of fine roles, where one's more front, one's more back in operations? It's always interesting talking to couples. Yes, and every partnership relationship is different.
3: I think treating it like launching a business, it's fun and exciting. So we're both hyper vigilant <laughs> <laughs> and like try to play it cool. Um, I would say I probably. For instance, we're both co-hosts, so we both have the power to move the calendar, change the price, message guests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and before before anything goes out that's not automated, we will speak as to not double up. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, 50-50, I think.
2: Oh, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think <laughs> you do a lot of the heavy lifting of... Uh, Especially coordinating with the cleaners, uh, guest concerns. You usually beat me to the punch in terms of responding to them, but we kind of tag team that. And then I'd say on my side, like I don't know, automating the smart lock, you mm-hmm. know, so the code's yeah. up to date and stuff like that. And Travis um, is our
3: chief technology officer. Yeah, all oh, right. I'm <laughs> it you know I'm it. Yeah.
2: i the back office. So yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about you know, hey, we we're looking a little light on bookings, and again, like I think Gentry had a great insight of like. What's the average timeout that people book our place? So we know when we're kind of in the danger zone, we should be fully booked three weeks out. We're underbooked. So what does that mean? And then we'll talk about, you know, adjusting price or changing things.
3: Yeah. So like now that we're in fall and so close to um, the Broncos Stadium, it's like tweaking the listing just to give it a refresh. Like, you know. Call out Broncos games. Yeah, call out Broncos games. Call Mm -hmm. out upcoming concerts um, just to kind of rejigger the... The search. Well, it's also yeah.
0: very smart because especially like I mean, current events is always such a you know, where that's often on people's minds. So yeah. it's not only great for like I'm sure that affects the Airbnb algorithm, but if people are like, oh, I'm going for a Broncos game and you have the Broncos schedule there, oh yeah, that's just way more of a connection. And exactly. that becomes stickier to them. I love it how you guys have like really honed in on like the avatar and you really did a good job like putting yourself in in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to ask you guys one more question on here. Excuse me. As a married couple, any like tips you could give to other couples as they're, you know, house hacking, starting Airbnb business together, uh, just general tips or like, hey, I kind of wish we took this or had this discussion before, just anything in general.
2: Sure. I think um, back to the start of this whole journey in general, like the long term journey, the big vision, when like we signed up for a real estate coaching program we paid money to be coached um and to learn you know best practices and all of that stuff and money well spent in our opinion but the the first exercise we did there is you know the vivid vision which is literally mm-hmm. look out put pen to paper on like the book know. vivid vision uh yeah, yeah i think it's inspired by that but it's like five different columns so financial where do you want to be family where do you want to be friends and you basically write a very vivid descriptive narrative of what that future actually looks like. And you're like describing a scene and with emotions and all of that, like, you know, five years out, like, what do you want your life to be? And we both filled out our own and then shared it with each other and then like compared notes. But that very much set us up on kind of a, being on the same page of where we want to go. Cause it's like, yeah, that's why we're in this together. Yeah. And it was I'd say like this whole thing wasn't easy either. It's easy to look back, but like there's some tough times there.
3: Well, it's funny too, because it's like, that's such a personal start, but really what that set us up for was being able to have professional conversations. So if I think back to the triplex and we do come or even to talk about when we, when we left the deal the first time Travis wanted to leave, I did not. And I said, "Cool, we're never talking about it again." <laughs> yes, because for me, I need to just move forward. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't dwell. I just go. Yeah. So Travis very quietly started being like, "But hey, like, what about that house? What about that house?" So finally, I looked at him. I said, "If you say it one more time, we're going to do it." Yes. Like in the same way that I said we're never talking about it again, we're going. I'm calling Stacey and, like, I will go walk a check over. Yeah. And so that's what we did. But like, and right, it's, that could have been maybe contentious or personal, but I think business wise, professionally, we were just looking at it from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And like, it was very important for Travis to go through that journey. And like every night he was running different numbers and looking into things and that's po- like, that's positive. And I think I didn't take it like, oh, you took away my house or like, you don't like the same deal as me. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was like, okay, well, I'm comfortable and I'll be comfortable again. So also to, well, it's very, very personal because <laughs> you live together and it's yep. maybe your money together, um, not taking the path there personally.
1: Makes sense.
2: Will said, Yeah, I got slapped a couple times.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You mentioned it again. You better be ready to pull the trigger. Like, we're doing this thing. It's like, all that's right. awesome. Will do. Found the Airbnb play. I'm like, this makes sense. Let's go. So, yep. Yeah. All right. So,
0: properties renovated. Airbnb is up and running. It sounds like fairly stabilized mm-hmm. and yeah. good enough. Always <laughs> small tweaks, but good enough. Yep. Um, But I think you guys are in the process now of reappraising the property to drop PMI, kind of looking forward. What's kind of the next tactical steps and what's kind of some of the bigger steps in your strategy towards that 10-year goal?
2: Yeah, well, one shout out you just reminded me of, uh, you know, single family property with uh, an ADU, extra house, whatever. You can get the financing on that you three and a half percent down is what we did. So super little money into the property itself, everything on, on rehab for the most part. So that was a huge benefit, but Uh, With that comes PMI. So that's about a hundred bucks a month for us right now. Um, We've got to do the landscaping. That was another thing. Don't forget
3: landscaping.
2: Yeah, viewing a property in in the dead of winter where everything's covered in snow and not asking what's under that snow. We realized we never did that. And lo and behold, landscaping (laughs) is expensive and it's labor intensive. Um, So that is something we're working through right now. Um, But we'll get that PMI lifted. And then from there, I think we're pretty much Tactically on this property, anything else we're doing?
3: Um, I mean, potentially do do? looking into HELOC.
2: Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. also like you're. This is where I think it's a really
0: cool thing when you guys are kind of talking bigger strategies. You mm-hmm. to to. I mean, you have two strategies. You're, you're house hacking here in Denver, and you've also started looking at out of state investing. And recently, you've yeah. focused on uh, uh, Tennessee. in mm-hmm. contracts contract and a property out of there. Yep. And so, how you guys doing the out of state investing and the house hacking in parallel? Kind of what's the how are you structuring that and kind of what's the the ladder, for lack
2: of better words? Yeah, so I think, like you said, our our Airbnb right now is kind of like, it's tuned, it's on autopilot for the most part, and it doesn't take a lot of our mental energy. So uh, we felt like we wanted to get that completely done. And then, like, you know, advice I got once is like, whole ass one thing, don't half ass two things. So it's like, you yep. can whole ass the next uh, <laughs> investment, which is our out of state thing, and You know, we flew out there, we got to know the market, uh, met with realtors, picked a realtor. We're now under contract on a duplex. So uh, we see, you know, the the current house hack is, you know, additional capital we can maybe pull out after reappraisal and uh, go do some more of those. But um, I think we're actually interested, like, uh, in doing some Airbnbs, maybe uh, out of state as well, and mixing that into the portfolio. Oh, nice. Given our experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm not foolish enough to think that out of state uh rental like short term rental is a different game, but we've truly had so much fun <laughs> with our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been fairly easy. So because it's enjoyable, that now is on our radar as a strategy. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely uh I mean, for how much money, you know, you put in the property, definitely look at putting HELOC on there. Yeah. Like it's for sure. I mean, we've all people do that. Get a HELOC on the new place and basically pull all your money. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can reinvest it for better than what, 6% over cost right now. Yeah. 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 Does that make you feel comfortable with like your guys like risk tolerance? Like, is that too much? I'm always curious. Is that like too much leverage or do you know? And I asked this because we're trying to, I'm trying to get like quantify like risk tolerance, like loan to value now. So uh, my mind's very much like getting, getting pickier with people
2: and their emotions. Yeah. I think we're we're in a fortunate personal situation where we don't have a bunch of other like unsecured debt or anything like that. So I think we're at a good foundation. And you know, if you couldn't pick it up from Gentry's story, I'm a little bit risk averse in general. Like, not a stock picker, none of that. But uh, the concept of leverage in real estate is another insane thing. Like, if you run the numbers on that, you we put all this money into this house, but we pull it back out, and we have numbers that make sense elsewhere. You know we have like this unlimited turn, return on zero capital invested in the place that we live, like that's crazy, so yeah. I guess I'm getting that's a little exciting. riskier, a little bit more <laughs> hopped up and excited on it uh within reason, but
3: yeah, and I'm like, let's go <laughs> <All> right, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> mostly because like from the the business aspect of our dwelling unit, um we I think we feel very much at home. We feel so comfortable, like it it very much went from. We're going to make living sacrifice too. Wait, this is what I would choose had I not had to, you know, make a sacrifice. So looking at it that way, it's like, why not?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, no, oh, sorry, go ahead. No,
3: no,
1: no, I was just saying it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, so, I mean, just congrats on getting the property out of state. You guys are taking action, which, you know, a lot of people uh, think about, talk about, don't do you guys did i would definitely recommend for like newer investors especially like uh house hacking couples lots of great uh tidbits you two share in this podcast with how you adapted you're working together as like you know a married couple the business partnership level as well so i i think this was chock full of gold so thank you guys um how can people get in touch with you network reach out what's the best way
2: yeah, I think uh, our business has a shared email address. It's uh and travis at gmail.com. Gentry spelled G-E-N-T-R-Y, and that's and Travis T-R-A-V-I-S at gmail.com.
0: Wow, I'm surprised you guys are looking at that Gmail handle.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: guess you, I guess your name's I, uncommon, I, huh? Yeah, I yeah.
3: I get I get the handles I need. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the uh, us Stacy's Travis's and Chris's can only yeah. dream yes. about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can't find me, then You need to go to search school, maybe. But
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for all this. Uh, This was phenomenal. Look forward to following along with your journey as you grow. And of course, if anyone has any questions, reach out to Travis and Gentry. Uh, Pick their brains. If you guys want to come find a property or put together your strategy here in Denver for a house hack or investment or short-term rental, come talk to me and Stacy. We love doing this and would be very happy to help you put together strategy and actually go out there and execute it. So, Stacey, Gentry, Travis, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks Stacey.